So before we start this interview, I would like to thank you all for listening to the podcast that we have released so far. And this is to everybody on Spotify. If you can leave us a rating, that would be amazing. We currently have 4.9 out of 5, and we would love to get that number up. Also, if you can share the podcast, that would be amazing too. We are close to 500 listeners a week, and without you, we wouldn't be able to make this happen. So thank you. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Foncast podcast. This week we are going to be talking about my boy Freddy, Freddy Krueger. He's someone who I have grew up with. I found him very relatable. You know, I've watched all the films so many times it just never gets old. And when I found out he was in Dead by Daylight, that's what attracted me to this game. Back then he was literally a nightmare to deal with. With all his slowdowns that made him overpowered. He's received some major reworks. I had a few tweaks, but ultimately he's still good. Yeah, that's just my opinion. So before I start rambling on a little bit more about Freddy, let's check in with Tofa. Are you there? Oh yeah, I'm here. I hope everybody's doing very well and been enjoying the weather so far. How are you doing, Jamie? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I don't really like the hot weather, so I'd re- I prefer it a little bit cooler. You know, let, let's start off with his build. I like to run a gen slowdown build, at least one tracking perk. It makes him very strong. And being able to teleport to an uncompleted generator makes it pretty scary. Even if you're just faking it. Um, so let's start with my perks. Like I said, one tracking perk. So whether it be barbecue and chili or bit of murmur, they're great aura reading perks or even discordance. Anything... That can slow down the gens like Thrilling Tremors, um, Dead Man's Switch and Pain Resonance, or even just Ruin and Dying. They're still great options. And if you're using a fast recharge, you know, like I said, Discordance is a great perk for aura reading. Um, Enduring and Spirit Fury, if you don't like to respect palettes, especially if you're using fake uh, dream palettes over snares. As for the add-ons, Freddy has some pretty decent add-ons. Even after the tweaks, choosing between snares and dream palettes is a bit of a contention, but they both offer great slowdowns. But for me, I'd say dream palettes offer you the biggest slowdowns because if people are not aware of the fake, then they're just going to be dropping palettes left, right and centre, trying to work out what's fake and what's real. Snares can slow down the pace of the game if placed correctly. So when I mean if placed correctly, if you place them too close to a window, the survivors can still fast vault that window. They'll get the scream notification, but they'll still be able to fast vault it. So just place it a little bit further back. And when they run up to the window, they literally cannot fast vault. It'll be a medium. Uh, But let's go back to the add-ons. Red paintbrush is okay, stops the survivors from waking up without an alarm clock or another survivor. Class photo is good projection on all gens, but you just can't cancel it. So if you if you play in that play style, then class photo, I, I would avoid it. But if you're struggling with sounds, then either 
the chains or any of the rope add-ons will help you out. But my go-to is always going to be Masterpiece and Sketchbook. So what these do, these decrease the cooldown for your teleportation. And all others are just a mixture of palettes and other effects like hemorrhage, blindness, aura reading. Um, and if they miss skill checks as well, you get an aura reading as well. So they're not too bad add-ons at all. Uh I like to pressure gens with my fake teleporting. Sometimes faking it just to get Deadman Switch active. Forcing them off the generators is my main objective. Thrilling, like I said, Thrilling Tremors as well is also a good way to block the gens. Keeping them injured is the best method. Having the ability to get from gen to gen makes chases in dead areas not an issue. That's why I'm using the masterpiece and the sketchbook. Because I can just teleport a lot quicker than normal. Once you've chased them down, hooked them, you're back in the game because your recharge would have already been done. But overall, I really love playing Freddy. And no matter how bad they make him, I think I'll always be there for him. So what about you, Toph? So Freddy hasn't really been my cup of tea at all. The only time I've played him is if I've had the odd daily to do, burn some blood point offerings because I've leveled him up to get his perks and maybe level 50 him, prestige him a couple of times because I'm a bit of a completionist like that. Um, so as such, I've not dedicated a whole lot of time to him. As such, I've never had a decent build loadout for him and I'm just glad Jamie here is our resident Freddy main so that he's able to go into quite a bit more depth than I possibly can when playing as him. Because as he's, as he's already said, he's been a massive fan of the whole Nightmare on Elm Street franchise in general and he's been a Freddy main since basically either, either when Freddy came out or when Jamie started playing the game, whichever one came first. However, in the games that I do play with him, the add-ons that I kind of favour after the changes from the Forever Freddy days would be the Nancy sketch or masterpiece for the dream projection cooldown for each survivor in the dream world. Because having that passive um, cooldown on your power is probably some of the better value you can get than you can for most of his other um, add-ons. Um, I don't tend to use Dream Palettes personally because savvy survivors can play around them. And I think that's really the only sort of difference Jamie and I will have with Freddy as just a matter of opinion. I think the snares will have more value than Palettes. Only because Palettes make it a bit more of a memory game. Uh, the other add-ons that increase the sounds of gens being repaired, uh, footsteps, grunts of pain, they can be useful as well um, if you're running low on the more favourable ones. The dress add-ons are probably worth avoiding because it's not often survivors fail skill checks to get value out of them. And his purple add-ons I feel can be decent but a tiny bit dependent on the perks you take such as uh, the best example with this would be the class photo. So you can cause every generator to appear as if you're teleporting to them with the um, exception of your husk appearing and it can trick survivors into uh, thinking you're teleporting to their gen. They will let go of it and then you can have Dead Man Switch do its thing after you hook a survivor. His eerie add-ons aren't the best, but the paintbrush can be pretty decent and it stops survivors from waking up with failed skill checks. However, in my experience, at least not many survivors choose to wake up that way anyway. And for perks, um, I would probably have to say any kind of information perk, like barbecue, it can help you decide which gen to take to teleport to after you hook someone. You can take pop to make that generator um, lose a ton of progression as well. Uh, Tinkerer is a really good one as well if you're 
teleports off cooldown, especially if you're using the sketch and masterpiece add-ons to give the cooldown, um, make the cooldown quicker, um, can help you decide which teleport to go, which generator to teleport to as well. And yes, if you're feeling brave, Ruin and Undying can be good as well to passively remove some progress. Other good perks to take would be, as Jamie's um, already mentioned, Discordance as well, another great information perk. Since it's rework, Deadman Switch and Skirchuk Pain Resonance, um, just like it works on any other killer. Other sort of slowdown perks like um, Sloppy Butcher to um, discourage survivors from healing too often as well. Or if they do decide to heal, it will take them even longer to heal. And that's that's basically it on my part of it. That's my take on Freddy. I'm glad Jamie's had a lot more insight on him than I do because uh, I'm not very sort of well experienced in this sort of in this sort of killer. So you don't come across many Freddy Krueger players um, unless you probably got a daily or something like that because back then when he was good, he he was picked all the time. He was in the you know A tier. But now that he's had his rework, he's a bit weaker. He is an M1 killer. And his snares can slow you down. So just try and utilize the snares as much as possible. And when I mean utilize it, I mean, if he's not around, just like walk over them and that will get rid of the snares. Because a lot of the time they play some near windows. Now, if you get caught in a snare near a window, the chances are you're probably not going to be able to fast vault the window. And in a chase, it's very vital that you fast vault a window. Sometimes you'll find that Freddy Krueger will use pallets as well, dream pallets. So it's a good idea to look around and just to see whether there are any extra pallets there when you are in dreamland um so wake waking up as much as possible whether it's waking up from a, another survivor whether you blow a generator up unless he's using the um red paintbrush add-on i think it's a red paintbrush um or you just wake up from an alarm clock but try and stay out of the dream world as much as possible like i said he's an m1 killer and he does phase in and out so just keep looping as much as possible just go from pallet to pallet eventually he'll probably give up um split up on gens is a pretty good idea because he can teleport to any gen anyway and he can cancel it at any time unless he's got class photo just yeah, sing single people on the gens. Uh, you can't pressure all of them, right? But other than that, you know, in terms of perks, just I always take Spine Chill. I always take Iron Will. They're my go-to. But when this new patch comes out, I don't think it's going to be viable anymore. Spine Chill might be okay. Uh, but anything that really alerts you to where he is will help. Other than that, I don't really have much to say. He, he, like I said, not many people pick him these days. He's uh, he used to be an A tier, and then he had all his major reworks and tweaks done, and now he's more like a B C tier. Um, but what about you, Toph? So when you load into a match, Freddy is one of those killers where it's very easy to uh, determine 
like who your killer is at the beginning of the game because you get that clock icon around your player icon. So as soon as you see that, you know immediately who you're dealing with. And uh, Freddy is very much an M1 killer. Going against him isn't as much of a headache as other killers that are more power-based. However, he does have two separate abilities that you do have to watch out for. Dream Snares are probably, in my opinion, the most used in any game I've gone against a Freddy. It's mostly been a Dream Snares Freddy, as they can offer him some anti-loop, and they'll make you move slower, not being able to make it to a pallet or window vault you otherwise might have been able to re reach. His other power is Fake Pallets, and he can put... He can put them in what would be like a natural pallet spawn that is currently missing a pallet, or to replace a pallet that has been already dropped. Both powers can only be used against survivors that are like in the dream world, so as long as you're awake, he is an M1 killer, and only an M1 killer. You'll only see the pools of blood when you're asleep, you'll only see the fake pallets when you're asleep, but they do look just like regular pallets. So um, you get forced into the dream world when you're hit with an M1, or even just passively over time. And the only ways you can wake up are the alarm clock that spawns in predetermined locations around the map. Your alarm clock, I think, is always the farthest possible one from the point you are on the map when you are put into the dream world, whether it be over time or you take an M1. You could also intentionally fail a skill check to wake up, whether it be a generator or a heal skill check, but Freddy has an add-on that can prevent that uh, from happening, meaning the only way you can wake up is with the alarm clock. Uh, survivors who are awake can also wake you up as well, but that takes a bit of time, and the more they do it to the same person, the longer it takes. So it takes more time over the course of the game. Um, but the benefit of waking up with the alarm clock is that it gives you an invulnerability period where you can't fall back asleep by any means, meaning even taking an M1 won't put you to sleep, so you're a bit more safe from his power that way. If he's using snares, then you have to keep an eye out for them because they can hinder you and slow you down, meaning you probably might not make it to the pallet or the window that you're aiming for. If he's using pallets, then it becomes a bit more of a memory game. Uh, this power can throw off a lot of newer survivors because they probably don't keep track of such things or, or know the spawning patterns of the pallets too well. But against the Swift, it becomes another matter altogether though, as they can just call out the locations of pallets they've been used and they can go back and throw them down when, they're not in, when they are in the dream world. Uh, the best thing you can do is just stay awake as long as you can. The moment you get a chance, um, go and wake yourself up at an alarm clock. It may be a bit of a waste of time traversing the map just, um, just to do this, but you, you can ruin his anti-loop potential and maybe have an easier time looping him and giving him and giving the other survivors more time to do the generators. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. This week, we have another guest. So please, guest, tell us who you are and who you mean. Hello, everybody. My name is Salty Luck. I have been playing Dead by Daylight since 2016. I'm a Twitch streamer and content creator. I have been streaming for about eight years now, and Dead by Daylight has been a big part of that time. I've uh, been playing for about 13,000 hours plus in Dead by Daylight, and the killer that I main is Freddy Krueger. He's by far my favorite to play. I've got about 6,000 hours alone on him. So I'm really excited about this interview. Freddy Krueger is my all-time favorite killer, and in-game he isn't as overpowered as many people think he is. I never expected him to be, to be honest. But what made you play Freddy Krueger? Uh, to be honest, what really got me started on playing Freddy was the fact that I'm a Freddy Krueger actor and co cosplayer in real life. I work 
at a haunted theme park as Freddy Krueger, as well as doing like horror conventions dressed up as Freddy and just a whole bunch of acting with him just alone. I'm also a very big fan of Freddy Krueger and all the movies. The fourth uh, movie being my favorite. When they added Freddy in October 2017 to Dead by Daylight, I just knew exactly what I wanted to do. I figured bringing my Freddy Krueger act to the community of Dead by Daylight would be perfect. So thanks for agreeing to do this interview. It's great to have you here, Luke. Uh, So let's start with your build. There's many kinds of builds out there from the most efficient builds, fun builds, and builds people like to run on a regular basis. So let's talk about your build. What build works for you and why do you run it? Um, I'll start by saying, you know, thanks for having me here at this interview. Doing this is an honor to me and a moment I can cherish forever, uh, first off. And then, but second, um, yes, you are correct. There are very many builds out there for Freddy, but there are a few that stick out. Um, The build that is my go-to build currently would be Corrupt Intervention, Spirit Fury, Enduring, Pop Goes the Weasel. Um, The add-ons for the build that works best are the red paintbrush and paint thinner. I choose this uh, build because of the current state of Dead by Daylight. Survivors tend to rush the pallet. Uh, They'll throw throw the pallets down right away. Just a quick use on pallets. So therefore, I get tons of value out of the Spirit Fury and the Enduring, which is then allowing me to place fake pallets with the uh, paint thinner. Um, The red paintbrush keeps survivors asleep. Even if they fail a skill check, but most important, it starts them off in Dream World. Uh, with them starting off in Dream World, you get uh, your teleport up faster and you can start with fake pallets on the map wherever you spawn. And, you know, survivors that are asleep will not really get to notice the fake pallets on that side because they, they're not spawning on the same side as you. Uh, so you get a lot of value out of that as well. Um But this build is, I always pull off at least a 3K or more without much trying involved. And it always gets me a great amount of points. If any perk was to be switched around, I would probably switch like Corrupt Interventions with Barbecue and Chili. Uh, This switch determines if I'm having an issue with gin pressure that day or scouting, to be honest. Like um, I'll play a couple rounds and if I feel like I can't really find the survivors that day, I'll start running Barbecue and Chili. And that kind of helps me find the survivors and then... If I feel like, you know, I'm having issues with gin pressure, I'll switch that up with corrupt intervention. It just uh, really just depends on how the day is going, because not every day is the same in Dead by Daylight. So there are currently 93 killer perks in the game, and this includes licensed killers too. So let's focus on the free perks where people might not have the licensed killers. Do you have any bills where people might not want to spend any money that are easily accessible? So when you're talking about free perks in a build that works well with... Um, this on pretty much any killer, not even just Freddy, but just any killer in general uh, is a good free perk build. I would uh, probably have to go with Whispers, uh, Sloppy Butcher, Hex, No One Escapes Death, and Bitter Murmur. I say this build because you get tracking ability out off the Whispers. This allows you to find you know the first or the last survivor very easily. The Sloppy Butcher is your slowdown perk. It might uh, it makes like the healing longer and it gives the survivor hemorrhage and mangled status which also kind of hinders that survivor a bit while healing and just gives them the that slowdown effect while they're injured um i know that i'll probably get hate on for the hex no one's escaped death but in reality the perk is a good gin rush counter so i say gin rush counter meaning uh the survivors are just forcing them gins out because you're running into a lobby that's good and precise with their looping and they, they know exactly which gins to work to not put themselves in a three gen situation and to do it efficiently. 
um, then Hex Noed Escape Death could come in a lot of handy because of the fact that they're not really focused on the totems. Um, Bitter Murmur would work so well with this as well because like as the gins are getting done you can track those survivors with seeing their auras every time a gin is completed and it just it really goes well and synergizes with the hex noet escape at the end because at the end game you get to see all survivors auras for 10 seconds when that last generator is completed which is also when your hex noet escape uh, is initiated so those two perks kind of help out with that as well as locking down like a late game kill so this is my favorite question in the whole um, in the whole show. Uh, there's occasions where even those who have the most play-to-win kind of mentality want to have a game with a less than optimal build, whether it be to give themselves an intentional disadvantage or to have some fun with the survivors with a gimmicky meme build. Could you share with us any such meme or gimmicky builds that you use for, uh, that you would use for fun? Okay, there's a couple of like meme for fun builds that I would run. Um, but one of them that sticks out to me the most is, uh, one that I do that it's, it's like a healing meme. So I'll run sloppy butcher, force penance, a chlorophobia, uh, Z block and the jump rope. So it's every time you hurt somebody. Oh yeah. And you can top that off with nurses calling. So that way you can just throw that on there too, because when they're all healing, you got your nurses calling for your aura reading. Um, Z blocks makes you hemorrhaged and injured when you're not really injured. So you still drop blood and you cry and make moans up to, I, I believe it's uh, 10 seconds after being hurt by the pallet or the snare. And when you're running that on top of having sloppy butcher, force penance and chloroforbia where everybody's just injured the pretty much the whole game because you get those teammates that want to take the, uh, the protection hit and the force penance makes them broken for quite a while then after that they have to heal and then they say oh they has got sloppy butcher it takes harder for the heal and then you get in the range because of the nurses you see them over there then you got chloroforbia that activates they essentially can never really heal in time for them to get away from you so it's it's pretty much they're injured the entire game and it's just really funny because you got them all crying around and you're running your uh jump rope and you can hear their cries a little bit louder like 50 percent louder you can just hear everybody crying all over the map it's pretty pretty funny build to me add-ons are such an important part of anybody's gameplay and can completely change the way the game is played so i would imagine there are some good add-ons that are worth using some that are not so can you tell us the ones that you would recommend and the ones you would avoid okay so some of the add-ons that i would recommend running would be like black box uh red paintbrush pill bottle nancy sketch uh, Nancy's masterpiece and the jump rope and the block add-ons uh, they're all good depending on how you want to use them um, like because so like pill bottle if you use pill bottle you get more of your stealth effect uh, your range of like your your visibility is lowered so it's more or less think of it in terror radius you can see Freddy but outside of terror radius he's invisible so it, it kind of helps with your stealth builds and the things you want to go about with that. Uh, when the Nancy's masterpiece and Nancy's sketch, it, it lowers the cooldown on your projectile, your, your teleport. So if you run both of those together, then essentially you can have a way more teleport gameplay than what you normally can. Or the red paintbrush uh, will allow you to keep the survivors asleep if they miss a skill check and they start off asleep. So if you want to run like the red paintbrush with a Nancy's masterpiece, 
then you already know that all the survivors are starting off in dream world. You're getting your teleport up quicker. Um, it's, it's just the way that you want to synergize the add-ons together. There there's so many different combos you can do with them. Um, but that being red, the red paintbrush and black box would probably be one of the strongest uh, combinations because of the fact it does keep them asleep. You do get a faster um, teleport back off of it. They can't wake up off of just, you know, missing skill checks. They have to go to the alarm clocks um, and all that good stuff. And you, you get the ability to lock a gate for 15 seconds at the end with the black box. And it, it's essentially having, you know, Blood Warden without having to get the hook. So it's just really good perk combo for the whole turnout of the game. Um, but like ones that I would stay away from would probably be like outdoor rope, uh, and both of the dress add-ons, the blue dress and green dress, because yeah, you do get some good value out of the dress add-ons, but it, it relies on them missing a skill check or them messing up on a skill check for you to get any value out of it. And, and this day, most survivors are pretty good at hitting skill checks and you don't really get too much value out of the dresses unless you're running like a whole perk build to synergize those add-ons with um, the outdoor rope in reality doesn't really make a much difference on the gin sounds. You can kind of hear a little bit of a difference on the plunking and stuff, but a good survivor and most of them are pretty smart and hip nowadays to where they hear a killer even get close. They're letting go of the gin anyway. Uh, so that way you don't hear them working on it. So you don't really get too much value out of that add-on so much anymore either. So it's very important that before you go into the match, you get the right perks and add-ons. But that's only half the job. There's always the map to deal with too. So let's talk about your strategy. When you load into a trial, does the map determine how you play? And what are your preferred maps when working out your strategy? So with me personally, um, Freddy is actually good on any map. I don't really have any issues with the maps when I'm playing Freddy. And um, sometimes the, the map does go into thought with the way that I'm going to play with play style and, and build and whatnot. Um, the build and play style does matter on the maps that you choose. So if you're running map offerings and things like that, it, it does kind of matter that you build your play style out towards that map. Like building maps, you need to be more aggressive and rely on tracking perks more than uh, more, but also gives you an advantage because when they're in dream world, they don't know exactly which way that you're coming from in the in the actual indoor maps unless they have like spine chill or you know objects of a session and uh, perks like that that allows them to track the killer uh outdoor maps can be tricky and this is where like add-ons like pill bottle can come in handy um so like the outdoor maps tend to rely on like more of the add-ons than the indoor maps do uh indoor maps i feel like rely on perks um, but really that falls on playstyle of the killer, I would say, in my opinion. And I would say like building maps are Freddy's strong points. Um, I think that the building maps are probably the maps to go to and the maps that I synergize all of my builds over because I tend to try to run map offerings a lot when I play Freddy and it's mostly Larry's or Midwitch that I like to bring myself to. So those would probably be the two top favorite maps that I like to go to with Freddy. When going into a match, you have to assess your strategy based on the perks, your add-ons. Uh, as discussed in the previous question, the map that you load into, 
and the survivors that you're likely to face. So we'll talk about your playstyle. Do you opt to change your playstyle based on how the survivors play? Or do you have some kind of one-trick routine or strategy that you like to stick to? Um, to be honest, I have more of kind of like a one-trick playstyle. Uh, yeah, if I notice a survivor is wall-peeking me and watching me moonwalk and uh, at the wall, I might have to switch up the way that I go about the mind game. But in a sense, Freddy is an M1 killer and the loops are kind of the same. Um, it's a fight to see who slips up first, really, in reality. Uh, if the, the survivor makes one misstep, then I get that advantage. Uh, if I make one misstep, then the survivor gets that advantage. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily think that I go into it thinking... Uh, oh, okay, this survivor is an effective looper. That one's definitely just a gin rushing uh, survivor, and this one's another effective looper. I don't go into it thinking about. I can't. I have to like tunnel this guy out first, and then switch it up. I, I go into the game um, thinking at the same mindset that all these survivors should be good enough to know how to loop. All these survivors should know how to do gin pressure. So therefore, every game that I go into. I have the same mindset that, you know, these survivors are going to be the best of the best and I don't let myself slip up like that. And that's how I tend to do well without having to rely on slugging, tunneling and camping um, more or less of me just worrying about getting points and the play out on the game being well and the uh, plays that I do and not necessarily the same old same like uh, player style that people are going with. But I like to keep my own style by just, you know, always playing the best uh, Freddy that I can when I play him. Hex totems can be a big problem for both killers and survivors. But with the perk Shattered Hope, killers can now destroy totem. And this is a big deal, but it means using a perk slot, which I believe it should be base kit with the choice of snuffing or breaking it. But let's talk about the totem spawns. Do you think they're in a good place or do you think more improvements are needed? Okay, so um, there, there's... Um always a topic of the talk about totems um, as a survivor you can argue that yeah totems are too busted and hidden and as a killer you can argue that totem spawns are too out in the open and break within the first minute of the game i feel that in my opinion the the totem spawns should be buffed a tad but in reality and you know, as the totems do get buffed and changed to a different spawn uh, more hidden survivors will just learn those spawns and the buff will only be a temporary fix for the totem spawns before it's argued again that it needs to be buffed again. Um, in my opinion, I feel like there should just be a whole new uh, lookout on hexes and maybe a different mechanic itself um, other than totems. Uh, but with my opinion, with the Shattered Hope coming out, uh, it may help with the whole boon totem factor of being able to snuff and, and break the totem versus it just being snuffed out. Um, but in reality, I, I still feel like that should have been a choice between the killer and general to where they could break the uh, totem or, or snuff it out and their choice. Um, but I, I do feel like they need to do something about the spawns on the totems, rather it be change the whole mechanic behind it itself or, or actually make it to where it's randomized anywhere on the map where yeah one game you might get screwed over because that's just a random spot that could be placed um versus it being in a spot that is actually really hidden uh but it's kind of hard to have the the spawns hidden with the way that the maps are built in my opinion it's just it's inevitable that the uh survivors will find the totems and be able to learn the spawns on those before it's just you know they get broken too quick so really a 
a buff would just be a temporary fix for them, in my opinion. Having played with Freddy Krueger a lot, you must have had some great matches, whether it's been against high-profile players or teams like competitive teams to insane downs or just extraordinary clutch moments. Do you think you could share some of these with us? Oh yeah, of course. So I've done a lot of competitive DVD in my time of playing Freddy Krueger and um, a lot of uh, pub matches as well, uh, playing Freddy Krueger. But there was a couple cases that really stuck out to me. And there was one in a competitive DVD match where the chase had just started in, in the game. I was chasing a David. I'll never forget because he had one of the most annoying skins on possible known to mankind. So it was making me want to chase him even harder. And I knew to myself that I should probably be dropping the chase instead of committing to it. And it was like before even, I'd say, just the time that it takes to do one generator, three gins popped on me at once. And it was like, I just knew like, oh no, this, uh, this game is going to be really rough. So you got to really know like the situations when to pull out on those chases and, and just to go with your inner feeling of like, you know, I shouldn't chase this guy this whole time. Cause you could be in a really bad situation later, kind of like that situation with the gins. Um, but like in another competitive DVD situation, I had this team that was really well with body blocking. So uh, every time that you would hit somebody, somebody would be there healed up and ready to come in and take the hit again. And normally I'd run force penance in a situation like that after the perk was released. Uh, but it, it, I didn't have that perk on that game because I wanted to be funny and bring barbecue and chili into the competitive play. And I, I, I kind of paid for that one decision because uh, everybody's was taking the body blocks and then getting the gin, uh, gin done every time that I was able to even necessarily try to get somebody down. So the game ended just quicker than I normally could uh, end the game. But in like the, the pub matches, my favorite thing to do are the, the teleport predictions. So like if I'm chasing somebody and there's a generator in front of them, the funniest thing to do is to break line of sight and teleport to that gin and just wait there. Because nine out of ten times they run to you with them looking backwards for you. So that's usually my favorite thing to do with uh, the, the play style and, and like clutch moments. I, I love getting all them teleport plays. That's like my favorite thing to do with Freddy. And like the challenges I love to do with them would be like no perks and things like that. Because it, it just always feels good to have a really good outplayed game with them without anybody having anything to say that it was because of. And it's just it's just good to know that you can have the killer's mechanics down good enough to where you don't have to really necessarily rely on the perks and add-ons to still have a good outplayed game. With the amount of time that you've been playing Freddy Krueger, you must have had some really you must have some really great advice that you can share with us. So, what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? So, some advice I can give to all new players, and I'm sure they probably hear this from multiple people, but just don't give up on. Freddy because of one game uh, you're not going to win them all he's a in one killer and he takes a lot of work to learn the mind games and what chase to actually commit to and not to commit to um, don't be afraid to use this teleport sometimes the right teleport at the right time can be a game changing moment uh, I really feel that that part of his kit is one of his strongest points is the teleport uh, mechanic so Feel free to utilize that. Don't be afraid to fake out a teleport. Don't be afraid to commit to the teleport. A lot of Freddies that I see nowadays don't really use the teleport. And that's like one of his strongest mechanics that you can use that he has. And um, 
I would say, you know, learn the survivors you're chasing. Not every survivor plays the same. And knowing all these play styles will probably better your play style as the killer. Um, Many of the builds that I use may not be a build for you. Maybe like builds that you see out there aren't really a build that you can do good with, but you wonder why are they doing good with it? Try to play around with other perks that you're not necessarily comfortable with because you don't know about them. Try uh, playing around with them and finding out your own builds and, and just, you know, don't let the salty survivors kill your vibe. And uh, most importantly, just have fun with it. So I want to talk a little bit about tiles and more specifically your favorite tile, whether it be a jungle gym, the LT walls, long walls, or the good old killer shack. Um, we would like to know what your favorite tile is and why. Um, well, so I'll, I have two favorite kind of tiles. I can't really label one favorite over the other because I love long wall and I love LT. Um, LT is usually my favorite one to go to or try to force a survivor to run to because I get 90% of my hits off of the LT walls. Rather it be I'm running a snare Freddy or even just a pallet Freddy because I don't really need the pallet at the LT. But if I have fake pallets set around the outside of the LT wall, it becomes very strong because you can cut them off and force them to run to that fake pallet. But the uh, snares make the LT wall very strong because you can cut off fast vaults. You can put snares down on both sides of the LT wall on the insides and therefore they can't fast vault those walls anymore. They're either forced to take the slow vault and hit or they're forced to run to a different uh, loop or a different tile. And 90% of the time in between tiles is another area that that killers get their hit. Um, but I, I just really love the LT walls. I feel that it's, it's very good uh, area to pull the survivors to if you know how to counter those efficiently. Uh, long wall is a really good one for me because with Freddy and snares, you can place the snares around the long wall, which cuts the long wall off and it, it doesn't make it really necessarily a strong loop. And if you can do your mind games right with the moonwalking and fake window vaulting, even uh, it can make a big difference on the outplay of what that wall is going to hold. Um, but my least favorite loop, and I'm sure it's a lot of killers, least favorite loop would be the shack. And I say that because Freddy being an M1 killer and even with his snares, it's still a very strong loop that the survivor can hold the killer to where it buys them enough time to at least get a gin or maybe even two gins done if they can hold that loop strong enough. Um, but me personally, with the way that the games have been um, here recently, a lot of people don't necessarily try to hold the, the God palette at Shaq. Uh, necessarily it, it tends to get thrown down really quick and easily which also opens it up to be a strong loop later for freddy if he's running a dream pallet uh, because if they're not a swift and they don't have the communications not all of them are going to know that that pallet's fake and about 60 percent of survivors run to the shack for their loop because that's where they feel most comfortable um, but that's what i would have to say would be my favorite to least and, and probably necessarily why so MMR is something that Behaviour have put in to help with a number of issues players were having, but in our opinion, it hasn't really gone as well as they had maybe hoped that it would. So tell us from your own experience, your thoughts on MMR and how it has affected your games with Freddy Krueger. Um, necessarily, I don't really feel like MMR has um, really affected my gameplay as Freddy Krueger, uh, more than less of just making like the games a little tougher. Um, they're a little bit less chill than what they used to be. So I always have to feel like I have to go into a game with uh, necessarily a plan almost and 
kind of like really think out my movements and what I'm going to have to do in the game versus just having like a chilled laid back, just kind of walk through uh, and just play kind of until you win kind of a game. Um, so I guess I can say that the games have gotten tougher. Uh, I do get uh, matched up with more of the like gin rush and loop kind of combo um, where they can all have the most efficient loops and they just all know how to do gin pressure, not leave three gin and vice versa. It's just uh, everybody's got spine chill. They know when you're coming, when you're not. Um, so yeah, you do tend to see a lot more of a higher skilled base uh, now that MMR is in effect, but I don't necessarily feel like it's changed much uh, games for me because even before MMR, I would still get those uh, lobbies, just not as frequently. Um, but I, I feel like it, it's more it's more fair to those that want to play on a ranking system. But in my opinion, with MMR, I've, I've always felt that there should be a kind of a casual game mode search and a ranked game mode search. So if people want to play with a competitive vibe and a competitive mentality, they can go to the ranked or the um, you know the 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 ranked match, and then if they don't want to, they can kind of go for like casuals, and maybe casuals be kind of like a mode unlocked, kind of like uh, the kill your friends lobbies are, to where you have all perks access to you. Um, you don't necessarily get points for it, but it's it's just for fun and like meme builds and and things like that. So that way you wouldn't have necessarily all of the lobbies where you're just dedicated to all competitive play. Um, but that's kind of how my opinion is on MMR. I feel like, yeah, it, it's a possibility in this game to have that. Um, I think that to, to change it to where the community is going to accept it and be happy with it, they should have two modes where you can search uh, for ranked or for non-ranked games. That's just I just feel like that should be a thing with MMR. So Freddy has a choice between snares and pallets before starting the match. There are going to be times where one is more situational over the other. So in your opinion, which is the best to use and why? So in my opinion, when it comes to snares and pallets, I get asked this hundreds and hundreds of times. Everybody is probably my number one asked question uh, but on Freddy. Um, but if I had to choose out of both of those, I would want to choose snares because the snares, they uh, allow you to block off a lot more of the loops and uh, long wall situations like we talked about before with the LTs and um, so forth and, uh, and that. So you get a lot more value out of the making them slow vault than you can out of pallets when you're relying on them to throw down the pallets and you're relying on the map to have actual extra pallet spawns for you to be able to place down um, dream, the dream pallets. So, um, in my opinion, I would want to choose the snares over the pallets because I feel like I would get more value out of the snares. Um, but here lately, I have been a pallet Freddy. And the reason why is because um, a lot of the play style in the MMR that I'm in, um, survivors tend to rush to pallets and throw them down. And I get more value out of a pallet build. So, I would say that this, this decision all comes down to the perk style and the play style that, that you're choosing to go um, when it comes to time to picking the actual power between snares and pallets. 
So I would like to also go over the other power for the odd occasion it gets used. Uh, could you go over what value you could get out of that and how to maybe shut down some loops with it? So with the um, pallets, then how I'd go to be able to shut down the loops and to be able to get more value out of it would be to uh, maybe if you're chasing that one survivor that is throwing down a lot of pallets, maybe try to juice him for about five pallets. And when I say juice him for five pallets, I mean, keep chasing him until he throws down at least five pallets on the map because one, it's going to be in that same area and two, you're going to get your full stacks on pallets down before, you know, one gin is even completed and you don't necessarily have to commit to chasing that survivor the entire game because, you know, um, you're going to start getting gins uh, popped on you when you're, you're focused on one survivor. All you're doing is breaking pallets at this point. Um, you can't keep placing down uh, dream pallets because you're you're limited limited to how many you can place. But then you got to think in your mind if if the game's being played out and it's not like a swift with communications, those other survivors don't know that he threw down those pallets over there unless they physically seen it. So if you break chase with him and you chase somebody else, you can force them into the uh, loop scenario to where they are on all of your dream pallets and. It would just shut down any loop because every survivor's mentality is to run to the pallet, if not, you know, like long wall or, or LTs or, or any of those other kind of like jungle gyms. But a majority of the survivors go to pallet. They'll even camp on the pallet. Um, but yeah, you get a lot of value out of your fake pallets when you force that one survivor that is dropping pallets to drop the pallets. So that way you can get some of your dream pallets uh, set up. So Freddy has the ability to teleport to unfinished generators, and he can use this in several different ways. But how do you get the best result when you're using this tactic? Um, when I'm using his teleport, the way that I get the best results, honestly, is by faking the teleport. Um, if you have a really uh, good faked teleport, you can not only make a survivor blow up a gin, but you can find out which way that they're running to. You can see them in the area. Um, you can, you can actually go over there and pop the gin after they blow up the gin. If you have pop goes the weasel and you're in that kind of scenario. Um, but a lot of times that I get the value out of the teleport is by faking it. Um, but if you have faked a teleport on a gin so many times, a survivor should be smart enough to learn and pick that up and to where they will just commit on the gin instead of letting go because you haven't teleported to it. So if you throw a good mix of actually committing to faking the teleport in there, uh, that's how you can utilize the teleport to its full power. Um, so like what I like to do is I'd fake a teleport two or three times and throw a real teleport in there on that gin. And then it, it, it really not only throws off the survivor, but it opens up more doors for you to have plays to work off of. Freddy has had a lot of nerves or quality of life changes done in the past. And in my opinion, it's made him much more of a balanced killer because he was pretty strong back then. You know, gone are the days of Forever Freddy. But with the number of new perks and add-on changes that can cause survivors to struggle, do you think he's as strong now as he was back then? Um, so I do believe that Freddy is at his most balanced um, point that he has ever been at. Uh, Freddy was kind of a little overpowered at certain times when when you could run like the forever Freddy and just infinitely lock a game essentially to where it, it takes ages for somebody to get out. Um, and those ways Freddy could have been broken. 
but in other ways, people could argue that that wasn't really so hard to actually handle. Um, but with the way that they got his dream dream world status and, and the way that survivors could wake up and have like a safety after being woke up for a certain amount of time has really balanced out uh, Freddie with where he's at and his kit. Um, but in my opinion, yes, uh, Freddie is at the most balanced point that he's at and he is a lot harder to actually use and uh, to utilize his full power than what it was in the past. Um, now, if we're talking way back in the past, back before Freddie could teleport and everything, he is definitely by far in a way better state than what he was back then. Although I do miss his his oldest kit where he was like perma invis and he had to pull everybody into the dream world to actually affect them. Um, it, it's still just in a way better situation now uh, than it was then. And it's at its most balanced point that it's ever been at. Let's talk a little bit about real or fake teleporting since Freddy can scare people away from the generators using this method. When do you know how to fake it or do it for real? So we kind of covered that a little bit in uh, some previous questions about the fake teleport, real teleport. Um, in my opinion, the time to actually really teleport is the time that you don't see a survivor running away from that area. If you're in that area and you're teleporting to a gen, generally you can get uh, visual coverage of the whole area unless you're in a building map um, or, or something like that. Uh, but generally you can see the area in which the generator's at and you can see if a survivor's running away from it, you can hear it. Um, you can hear footsteps, this and that. But if you're not hearing any of that, you're not seeing any of that, chances are the survivor's still hidden by the generator. If not in that area, just really close and watching if you're going to actually teleport or not. Um, so in my opinion, the time to fake the teleport is if you actually see the survivor running away from the gin. Uh, the time to commit to a teleport is if you, you don't have any signs of the survivor leaving that area because nine out of 10 times you'll be able to find the survivor hiding in the generator area. They're, they don't really choose um, two hidden spots. They just kind of, they're standing where they can see the gin. Um, now, if you can have a situation where you can fake it to where you can walk up close enough to cut off the generator in a loop and you feel like the survivor is not on that generator anymore, then you can fake the uh, teleport before you get up to the loop and just walk the rest of the way and possibly catch the survivor out of out out of their their comfort zone. So you can you can kind of catch them off guard with doing that kind of a move or even with different perks that you, you can uh, play with the different add-ons. So like um, a lot of people may not even think of this as being a, a play style, but if you was to play um, Beast of Prey and you could run the pill bottle and the uh, class photo. And when you run those, you can lose a uh, terror radius by making chasing somebody and getting bloodlust level one. You lose your terror radius and sounds if they're awake that can throw them off because they would think that either you phase out with your pill bottle because you drop chase or you've teleported. But with class photo, it puts the teleport on all of the gins and you're committed to one of them. So therefore it, it forces you to teleport to that area, but they're confused on again on, was it your beast of prey going off or was it your, um, your pill bottle? So there's a lot of different plays that you can do when it comes to that. So a couple of questions ago, we touched up on the um, the strength of Freddy. Um, so where do you see Freddy now compared to back then? 
Do you think the changes make him balanced? And do you think he needs any more changes? Kind of like I was saying in the previous questions, I, I really feel like um, he's at his most balanced, uh, his balanced point. If there's any changes to be made to Freddy to try to make him any more balanced, it would have to be with like timing between teleports, uh, things like that. Um, I don't really feel like there's necessarily any more changes you can make to him right now to uh, nerf him or make him more balanced because I feel like anything that you change on him right now would either uh, break him in the strong points or to break him in a weak point. So I, I feel like where they got him at right now with how they have his kit, he's at his most balanced point and there's not really much that needs to be changed on him. Um, he's not really too hard to understand and grasp as a newer player coming into killer. And he's not really hard to grasp and understand as a newer survivor coming in to loop new to loop killers. So it's, it's, pretty good balanced killer all in all and it has a good play out and a play style for for all um sizes of players so like all newer to to older and well-seasoned veteran players i feel like he's pretty balanced for that yeah thank you very much i've really enjoyed this one okay well thank you very much for coming on to the show so you've been a you've been a great guest appreciate y'all having me and uh you know I'm, i'm glad that you guys had me and um, you guys were willing to listen to my opinions on things. Now that we've come to this end of the interview, I would like to thank Salty Luck for agreeing to do this interview, and it was an absolute pleasure to have him on board. So if you've listened to this from your favourite podcasting app, I would like to let you know that we also have a website, www.intothefogcast.com. Feel free to go over there and have a look. We have many more episodes for you to listen to, We also do giveaways for Steam users each time a DLC drops. And it's a pretty good website. We we have a commission page on there for our resident artist, Dragon Girl. So yeah, just go and have a a look. This was recorded on patch 5.7.2. In this interview, you also heard from myself, Jamie Lee 2K, and Topher. All links will be in the description of the podcast. And we hope you have a great day.